Today on the Big House podcast, I was joined by master brewer and brewery owner Rob Sanderson. Rob's been in the brewing trade for over nine years, and today shares some insights onto his history in the industry, the brewing process itself, and the trade impacts of COVID-19. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Big House podcast. Very well. Um, thanks for talking with me today. It's I know this is weird because we've already been talking mostly for about fifteen minutes, but we were trying to sort that. Yeah, no, no problems there yeah, whatsoever. A few technical technical difficulties have caused us to uh, been unable to start straight away. But um, so tell me about. I've wanted to talk to you today because you are in what we call the brewing industry. Would we call it the brewing industry? Yeah, it's a fair assessment. Of course, yeah, yeah, we are predominantly a brewery. Yeah. Okay. So, how, if, where did the idea first start of becoming a brewer? Is it something you've always done, or is it just? Did you have a career before brewing? I, or? I, could, I definitely had a career before brewing. I've actually, I'm qualified art director. Really? Yeah. yeah okay. I, I hold a degree in advertising of all things. That was where I started life many years ago. Um, then I went and worked in Japan for a little period of time, buying and selling cars. So I've even been a dodgy car salesman. Okay. Fell in with Literally, drunk a lot of beer. Drunk a hell of a lot of beer. Played <laughs> rugby. Played rugby all out through my school school times and university. So yeah, played a lot of rugby, drunk a lot of beer. No, it offered the friends. Literally offered the friends of mine. We come in because they didn't want to go in on their own, wasn't sure. Coming blind to an extent. But I come in with the idea for sales and marketing, obviously, which is when right, the okay. degree comes into it. So that's the the aspect or the avenue that I come in to explore for the brewery. Never intended to be the brewer. No, not at Never. all. No. Not at all. So how no. did how did you pick it up then? If you if you if it wasn't your area of expertise and you were sort of the marketing genius to to the operation. How did you then come to be the, the brewer? With trial, trial and error, blood, sweat and tears. Okay. You know, we I did a course with a brewery in Bury, just outside Manchester, called Outstanding, that run brewery courses. Pretty much it was a, it was more of a PR thing for them. They'd get you in, do a week, two weeks trial, in the hope to sell you a new kit, because they were going more into brewery installations and they were brewing the beer themselves. Right, okay. Because, you know, as people all know, craft beer and real ale is massive mm. once again you know there are more breweries in the uk now than any time ever in history yeah which is which is it's well, i'll get onto that a bit later mm. on in my questions but it's yeah it has it has had a huge growth oh massive yeah. growth unbelievable yeah. and as i say literally it was a case of conversation between friends on the side of a swimming pool i was out of work been made redundant twice in one year was looking for something to do and it was like it's a gamble but why not I'd rather take the gamble I'd rather take the gamble if it works it works if it don't it don't always go get a job always go and earn money somewhere else what, is that I mean have you always wanted to take a gamble is it something you always wanted to right I'm going to put all my eggs in one basket I'm going to give it a go is, is that something that it was uncharacteristic of you at the time wasn't no it? Well, I wouldn't say it was uncharacteristic you know I've always wanted as we all do, work for yourself. Mm. You know who what, who doesn't want to be their own boss. You know you've got a, an ideal picture of what you'd think working for yourself in, would entail. You know, 
I'm not getting up till 10 o'clock in the morning, it doesn't matter, I'm not going to get in the trouble of the boss, <laughs> you know, I'm not working Thursdays, Fridays, Saturdays, Sundays, happy days, you know, you learn quickly, as I say, come in a little bit blind, you learn very quickly that when you're your own boss, it's 24-7. How long have you been, How when did this all start, how long ago was it? Nine years. Nine years? Nine years this year. Okay, and you've seen obviously the operations... You, you say because you had bigger premises before, didn't you? We, we had a bigger unit on the site. Yeah. The, the unit was in the, in the corner from where we are now. So mm-hmm. literally behind the wall that I'm sat in front of. But it was um, smaller operation, bigger premises, smaller operation. Okay. You know, so there was, there was always room to expand next door, which is what I wanted to do. You know, my planning was for next door was brewery on the bottom floor. Middle floor was going to be the tap room. Okay. Which is obviously what we are sat in now. Yeah. And then the top floor would just be office office space and storage space for all the other bits and pieces for the brewery. So that was always the plan. Business partners didn't want to do that. So, excuse me, the things, you know, obviously changed people's opinions and ideas, yeah. not always the same. So when the opportunity came and the business partners left, it was a case that we moved to a smaller premises, obviously to save money which is ultimately you know you don't you can't do on larger overheads than than yeah. what you've got outgoing you know your business isn't going to survive very long if that is the case and everyone will tell you that you know they'll also tell you not to expect to make any money in the first three to five years yeah you know so don't <laughs> don't think you can start a business up and be a millionaire by the end of the first year because it ain't never going to happen or nine years or nine years <laughs> um but we're doing all right now so we're not that we're not we're not overly concerned even in the pandemic that we're in at the moment um and then it was a case of just slowly slowly you know the unit that we're now sat in come available so it was like yep now's the time to get this tap room on the go everywhere was doing tap rooms there's not a brewery probably in Hampshire now maybe one or two that don't have tap rooms but I could probably tell you for sure that they're thinking about it especially with the light of what's happening at the moment Mm -hmm. without a doubt you know and the tap room is what secured our business it really has without the tap room we probably wouldn't be in business now yeah, because imagine that. I mean, you're not really selling to anyone at the moment until no, I. No, trade sales dropped big time. Last year's trade sale for the whole year was probably 10% of all the income of the business. Wow. Because of the, you know, the COVID situation that we're in now. Yeah. So. Yeah, right. Okay. But what, what happened to the guy? Or the, your business partners? Did they carry on doing it elsewhere, or did they? No, just no. Get out it, it was. It's one of those. You know, they were friends, as the old adage says, and it's true. You know, don't ever go into business with friends. You know, it, you don't come out of it friends. You don't. You oh, know? Okay. But I wish them well. They're doing what they want to do. They're happy doing what they're doing. You know, they discovered, as I say, we all come into it a bit naive. Didn't realise it was as much hard work as actually involved in any business. Especially, you know, let alone brewing. Brewing is a tough, tough industry. Yeah. And I'm not just saying that to try to put listeners off of <laughs> opening their you own brewery. You don't want competition. You know, yeah. There's plenty of competition. You know, there are now 50 breweries in Hampshire. Just Hampshire. You know, put in the context, when I was in Greece a couple of years ago, Busman's Holiday, went to a brewery on Mykonos, had a chat with the guys out there. The whole of Greece, 49 craft breweries. Wow. So one less brewery in the whole of Greece than there is in the county of Hampshire in the UK so you know it is a flat it is a saturated market massively so would you say that's the same in every county or is it just that you know, like Hampshire's quite renowned uh, for it no or? to be honest uh, 
it's everywhere now. Yeah. You know, it's well. Last time I looked at any sort of official figures, might be a bit different now. Obviously, we we're unfortunately with uh, venues closing. Yeah. Uh, due to the pandemic, five thousand breweries in the UK. Mm, wow, that's and that's not including that doesn't include Morstan Coors, which is obviously Doom Bar Sharps. That's not including Wadworths, which would any of the big guys. This is breweries this size, this size. slightly larger. Yeah, that's just the micro breweries. You know, this isn't the big boys. No. So you got those as well. Yeah. Okay. Wow. That's in addition. In addition. Oh, okay. So with the process, so if you think about your brewing process, I guess it depends on what you're brewing. But what's the typical turnaround for the size of the the vats you use? And four weeks, start to finish. Four weeks. Four okay. weeks. Yeah. Yeah. For the IPA, which is one of our top selling beers, we do an old traditional IPA. So it's it's you know it's it is an, it's an IPA, an English IPA that you were drinking back in Victorian times when and during the empire because this is what yeah. it is you know it's an IP it's an Indian battle ale yeah. brewed to go to India that's what it was for had to be able to take the heat and the cold in the in the kill of a ship and then get out to India a six month voyage I believe some roughly around yeah, there yeah. and still be drinkable you know so it's an old school IPA that's a four weeks four week turnaround 12 hour brew day start to finish and then it's another four weeks from then fermenting conditioning barrel aging and getting it ready to drink okay yeah. right. we do other bits and pieces uh, an imperial stout when we do do it which is like 12% can be anything up to 6 months really yeah, yeah we like the barrel aging when we do do them okay alright yeah. so I mean that's I mean it obviously takes up room when you're doing mm -hmm. something along those lines yeah. so you have to be prepared yeah, yep. you're going to be taking up some. Room yeah, there's a, there's a cold dark corner in the cellar, yeah. which is with, it's the imp <laughs> corner, which is where they go and sit for six months or twelve, depending on what we're doing. I mean, we're looking at the idea of barrel aging at the moment with whiskey casks or rum barrels, yep. which a lot of breweries are doing. Don't get me wrong, it's nothing new. It's just something that I'm looking at going into for our brewery. Plenty of breweries have been doing it, and, um, and again, you're twelve months. You know, to make a good one, twelve months to eighteen months in, in a big barrel. You know, these are going in the big rum and whiskey yeah, barrels, yeah. so these aren't small barrels at all. Yeah. And what what are they typically made of? They, you know, you've got, you've got wooden. Have you got wooden? Then we next door. We obviously all our fermentation tanks are stainless steel. Yeah. They are now traditionally would be copper. Stainless steel obviously cleans easier. Yep. Uh, all our casks are again alley or plastic. Okay. So. Oh, right. Okay. Um, so when did when oh, we talked about when you went into you say you've been doing it nine years? Is that when the Botley Brewery opened? No, the brewery been in situ. I think four, three years before then. And really? Yeah, okay. we'd actually purchased it from uh, the previous brewery that was looking to retire. I see. Okay. So so we bought it as an ongoing. And that was so, was it still based here? It was still in the mill. Yeah. Okay. I believe it started up in the village in the old Cooperage originally which is where Crackle Hot Brewery now is. Yeah. So that's where the brewery, Botley Brewery originally originally started, then moved into the mill, and it's been, ever since, been here ever since. So. Yeah, oh, okay. So um, let's just have a look here. So let me just, sorry, I've just lost where I am on my, on my questions. So where would people have seen what you've put out? So where would they go? You know, where would they have been? If you, who are your who do you supply to? In other words, yeah, predominantly along for a long time it was beer vessels. Okay, yeah. You know, so we would do we would do Winchester, we would do Wollstone, Southampton, 
uh, and then go further afield, Guildford, Reading, Basingstoke, and then obviously there's a few in Portsmouth as well. But it, the problem is, again, as I say, with there's so many breweries now in the UK, even the local breweries would, that's the local breweries, local beer festivals after a while would then decide to go the zones. You know, so Southampton Beer Festival would have a few local beers in, but then we'd go to Bristol. And go just to mix it up a little bit. Just to get some fresh beer in. Uh, so there's always that to it. Uh, pubs, guest beer, predominantly in pubs. Like we said, you know, there are quite a few breweries in the UK. So you're competing with a lot for guest beer. So you tend to get guest beers into a pub, you'll get it maybe once, twice, three times before they move on to the next one. Bottle shops, independent bottle shops mainly, so little, little off licenses, all the like little independent stuff. Hadley Wines at Parkgate still now stock our bottles, although we have branched out and now supplied a co op as well at Fair Oak. Okay, that's good, yeah. So that's, <coughs> so, a big, that's a big brand name to sort of. Well, yeah, it's, yeah. it's a welcome, which is a um, franchise. Oh, okay. So they, they, they own four, we're just waiting to see if they're going to take in their beers into Limington. I think it's Limington Lindhurst. And I can't remember the I think it's Tottenway is their fourth store that they own, so okay. we're looking at all of that. Uh, in the case, you know, lots of social media as you do, lots of freebies, lots of school events. We've always supported the school in the village, the primary school in the village. We've always done the summer fate for them. Uh, we've had a good, long-standing relationship with the Pumpkin Festival for the Jubilee Saving Trust. Yeah, and they've had a bar up there for quite a few years now. So, so um, how are you doing that? Is that just you're just ringing places, you networking, or just knowing the right yeah, people? Yeah, to be honest, it's it's a bit of everything, a bit of word of mouth. You know, people have drunk a beer somewhere or a beer festival, gone into their local pub and say, "Oh, you've really got to have this one in," and then they find a sub and go for it that way. Walk in, you know, walk in and talk to landlords face to face. Obviously, not at the moment because yeah. the doors are locked because none of us are open. Phone calls, emails. The hardest part, the hardest part without fail, you know, making the beers easy. I mean, I say that, it's, it is, you know, the <laughs> hardest part is selling. Selling it. It has always been, it has yeah. always been that way. Because, I mean, it, especially in a country like ours, it's a very competitive market. Yeah. So, and did you think that when you first went into this thinking, am I going to be able to sell this? I mean, I guess with your expertise, that's why you were much yeah. really... No, I didn't. Part, to be honest, no, I didn't. As I say, you know, as we've discussed in the past, when we've seen each other, I've worked in a number of industries. I've worked in the car industry, import. You know, I used to actually bring in grey imports from Japan. Okay. You know, so could almost say I could snail, sell snow to an, to an Eskimo at okay. one point. You know, <laughs> we, we, high-end cars, you know, we were looking, I was selling Ferraris and... Porsches and Bentleys down to Fiestas and Minis, you know. So we were so sell, sell, a selling background has never been an issue. We've always been confident in that side of things. Didn't realise it was such a hard market. Yeah, you know, there's a lot. It's, it's not just it's a hard market. There's a lot of tied issues with it as well. You know, big breweries, tied pubs, pub codes. You know, these things are changing. Legislation has been brought in to make it a fairer playing field, but it's slow. Yeah, as with anything, you know, it takes time for these new rules to come into force. You know, you take the Bartley Village for itself. You know, there's there's me, Crackle Rock Brewery, four pubs. We can't actually supply any of the pubs in the village because they're all tied. Right. Okay. So. You know, so so you, you have to go further afield. Mm. So yeah, it's it's. I mean, it's it must it must be very difficult to sort of keep that going, and especially in a time like this. To then look at that and think, where am I going to put this? Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess, like you say, you've got carry outs coming up, and I know you've been doing that a little bit 
you were doing gift sets and things over Christmas as well, weren't you? Yeah, yeah, we did. Well, we do those all for the year, through the year, yeah. and then always phone us up. We always do a custom, custom made basket gift gift set. You know, we're, we're looking at um, collaborations with the florist that's on site. So this yeah. piece of Valentine's Day beer for you, roses for the wife, yeah. and bits and pieces. So you always got to look at other avenues. You know, you look at other aspects and ways to get the beer out there, obviously. But you know, it's beer, so there's only so much you can do. Again, you know, you're limited with licensing laws and yeah. bits and pieces on exactly what you can do. That's the reason we have the tap room. Yeah, you know, we open the tap room. Because in here I'm guaranteed, I'm guaranteed the pumps, and it's my beer, and it's my bar, so we're, yeah. we're guaranteed to always be able to pour the beer here, and it's paid off. And how have you attracted customers? When you open the tap room, so the hidden tap is what it's called. Uh -huh. If people want to know where, where it is, or you know, it's a bottling mill. Um, but how did you get the word out about this place being open? You know, that people, customers could customers could come in here and, and try what you're brewing. Uh, social media. Yep. To be honest, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And you just keep pushing yeah, it. Yeah, and we push it. out all the time, you know, we were very lax at it to begin with. Slap my wrist, you know, having a background in advertising and marketing. <laughs> I should have been on it a bit more than I was. But, you know, it's one of those, you wear many, many hats. You know, you've got the brewery hat, you've got the salesman hat, you've got the taxman hat, you've got the accounts hat, and the health and safety. So, you know, certain things get put on the back boilers. But we need, once once we opened the bar, we needed to push it. So that's what we did. We signed a deal with Groupon. We did Groupon, okay. we did a deal with Groupon for three years. Uh, we were five star with Groupon for the three, the whole three years we were with them. So we were one of the best Groupons. That's good. That was around. So we did that. We're at a mouth again. We did a little bit of promotion at beer festivals locally. Mail drops, all the old traditional stuff. Had a load of had a load of leaflets printed up and so just walked around bottling, <laughs> posted them for everyone's door. And then they may have just seen this junk mail coming through the door, but it was. Did you put the, what we did. did you put free pint at the top of it? No, 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 no. I don't want to give away for free. <laughs> need to buy you'd a couple you'd first. You'd have the whole of bottling turned up then. And then it's word of mouth. You know, yeah. as it's as it's grown, you know, we get a lot of word of mouth now lot you know a lot of people are oh, we're here because so and so said to come down you know the benefit I suppose of the lockdown all the lockdowns we've had are because people have got nowhere to go they've come out for exercise especially in the village yeah. it's oh we've never walked around the mill but because we can't go anywhere we thought we'd come around and have a look we didn't know you were here and then you know the next thing you know once the lockdown was lifted in the summer it's out there drinking and that's the part of it isn't it that this place compared to the other places in Bobley which is, you know is a stone's throw away mm -hmm. and there's a you know where I say a majority of people go who live locally this is off the beaten track a little bit and I think you've just got to that's maybe why you've had to push it a little bit more because people don't necessarily know it's here I know before I mean it's a sort of mutual friend and one of your customers um, mm. Ian Taylor sort of you know point me in your direction I bet he's missing this place at the minute um, but so he messaged me the other day actually oh did he <laughs> he did yeah, yeah. <laughs> so but yeah no you, you're right you know we're not we're not we're not front facing we're not front facing at the mill by all means we're not on the high street so footfall would always be an issue mm. you know it was never an issue when it was just a brewery we were quite happy about that you know six seven thousand pints sat in storage weren't too upset that nobody greeted me where we were <laughs> but that on the other hand of it though when you actually do find it it's got such a strong appeal just the location of yeah, it yeah this you know there yeah without a doubt you know it's, yes i own it but 
I would say it's probably one of the best places in the village to drink. 100%. I agree. You know, I'd, I'd agree 100%. Your surroundings are 17th century mill. This is what they are. Riverside on the River Hamble. In the sun, we, we kill it. The sun sits outside all day long. You can sit there on one of the tables overlooking the river, watching all the paddle boarders and canoeists come up, which seems to be the lockdown fad. Yep is everybody's getting on the water because yeah. obviously they can't get to Spain or Portugal or wherever <laughs> it is that they go for their summer holidays. So they're all canoeing up the river. We were hanging over the wall in the summer with pints of beer and bits and pieces. So that's a promotion we're doing more with next year. We've got a rope and a bow and all sorts coming there oh, wow. okay. to serve them over the wall so they can <laughs> have a pint when they're getting ready to canoe back down to where they've come from probably the horse and jockey Again, to that's, be honest that's a, that's a selling point though as well yeah. in itself that, that, that's something unique so you know yeah and we've done live music events we've got more planned you know we have but we just got to see how it goes but you know it's gorgeous it really is and in, in the middle of the evening you know you get the heat coming out of the brickwork because it's just been baked yeah. all day long and even in the winter it's not too bad yeah no, I mean it's anyone that wants to sort of you know you, get, you can get images online um if, if you ever want to take a look at what it looks like in its peak, um, because it's it is a it's a nice, it's a beautiful looking place, you know. Considering it's a an old mill, sound it's a lot more attractive than what actually I make it sound. So, <laughs> um, so why do you think with uh, we talked about sort of micro bure- uh, micro breweries and tap rooms? Why do you think it's become so popular? Why do you think it's grown so much? <laughs> Do you know, it's, it's funny, we were discussing this probably one of the last major discussions that was done down here before everything went pear-shaped, is, you know, fashions revolve, mm. so we believe, you know, uh, this taproom, spare bones, it is, you know, this is what it was back in the day, you know, there's no, there's no distractions in it, there's no music, there's no teddy, you know, there's, there is music on occasions if people want it, but it's not, it's conversation you know, good beer, and that's what they come here for. And and this is the thing: people now are looking for that. You know, they've we've had the mass-produced consumer market, and not just in beer, in in everything: food, electricals, clothing. You you know, you name it, furniture. It's all been done. Yeah. You know, people are looking again now for local. What it seemed to be, whether or not that's down to the pandemic at the moment, I don't know. It was before that was happening. Look at the resurgence of farmers' markets. Yeah, you know it's there. People want that handcrafted. They want that, you know, small batch quality. People are willing to pay for the quality now. Again, you know, it's not all ninety-nine p menu McDonald's. No, and I think part of it, a huge part of it for you know, because I've been thinking about it as well. It's choice. Yeah. So people have that choice you know you could go to like we say one of the pubs in Botley Village mm-hmm. and you're going to have loud music you're going to have a loud crowd in there but you know you come down here it's going to be you know the pace might change you'd still wish we have a crowd here but everyone would be having a conversation with each other you know quite a civil sort of atmosphere mm-hmm. and something that I mean a lot of people that maybe come here now kind of want to get away from that sort of side of drinking, the sort of heavy, let's knock as many back as we can, the more leisurely yeah. sort of atmosphere. Yeah, you know, you don't want to demonise it because you, you, you can. And, and, you know, lager, pubs, they've all got their place, you know. We were all there when we were younger. Yeah. You know, as you got older, tastes change. You know, I was lager and a cider man, to be honest, a long time ago. Now, real ale, obviously, you brew it. 
so I better like it. <laughs> um, but this is, it's never been the sort of place, not even when you get country pubs, you know, they were inner city pubs compared to places like this, it's a totally different ballgame, it always has been. But you get a lot, we've now, well, here we're definitely seeing a lot of younger guys coming in, you know, 18, 19, 20 year olds. Hmm. And you say it's the choice, you know, they don't want mass produced fizzy. Yeah. You know they want you know they want they want a flavour they want to try something different and and it's got its good sides it's got its bad sides you know of course as you know with the demand for the next best thing you get a lot of right yeah it's good but what's next what's next and you're like you know it's it's led to a lot of poor beer okay it has you know in the, within the craft industry because you if you don't hold your principles you're always trying to push out something new to stay on that cutting edge whereas here that we've made the decision not to do that you so know? what are you saying like be experimental people being too yeah. experimental yeah what you, you think you know if look at the wine industry you know you get a good a good pinot a good merlot these have been developed over generations you know this isn't something that was done last week yeah you know, and then, and then slap a label on it and get out of the shop. You know, these these wines have been developed over a long time to get them to the, the, the peak that they can be. And the problem with, to an extent, with craft beer at the moment is because you've still got this consumer market that always wants the next best thing, you know, you're not getting the time to develop. You, oh. know? you know, yes, you can knock a beer together in a week. Of course you can. You know, effectively, all beer is drinkable after a week. You know, once it's fermented out, the alcohol's there, it's drinkable. It's not completely finished, but it's, it's green, but it's there. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but you, know, you need to develop these things, which is what we've done here. You know, the beers that we produce here, apart from the latest beer, which is an American red that we do now, is been developed over the last three to four years. Okay. You know, these beers, they're not new recipes. You know, they've, we've, I've worked them, I've tweaked them, and they're at the I think they're at exactly where they need to be. So you're a man of standards, then. You, yeah, you say. yeah, yeah. We're more tra- we're, we are a traditional brewery. That's you know we're not we're not craft beer. We're not craft beer brewery. We are a real ale brewery. We are traditional. You know, so we're IPAs. You know, they go from traditional right up to craft, as you know. Yeah. A lot of lot of IPA it covers a big broad spectrum these days. We do a coffee milk stout, which is our nod to craft beer. Okay. Because it's something different it's not a traditional style we add coffee to it which is also roasted on site right so okay we keep it local and that's what and I suppose I was going to say as well with your ingredients that you use as well do you try and keep that as local yeah, as possible as yeah well? 90% of all the molten wheat that we use is produced and grown in Hampshire okay it goes it literally just goes across the border to Warminster to be malted and then obviously comes back to us here hops is a different story you know we use hops we use uk hops we use american hops czech hop german hops australian new zealand hops but then you know this that is the nature of the beast now yeah it's and that's why it's as good as it is because you've got that global access um yeast is yeast <laughs> but you know when we do things like the strawberry Local yeast yeah, yeah but when we did when we did the strawberry beer you know the strawberries that we used although it was slightly more expensive were new forest strawberries Right, okay. So we use it. We use British strawberry, but we use local. You know, unfortunately, you know where we're based. It's a big strawberry industry yeah. for a long time. Massive. In fact, it was the largest strawberry industry in Europe before the First World War. Oh, which wow. is why they built the Swanmore railway station. It was literally built for strawberries. 
Did not know that. Right. No. So there you are. Which is why everything round hedge end and Botley's called strawberry. tribute in yeah. strawberry fields. <laughs> and yeah, no, it's, the soil here is perfect for it. Oh, okay. But no growers left. It's all houses. It's worse nuts in it than most houses <laughs> in, in this area. So, which is why we did the strawberry beer in the first place. Okay. It was, was a nod to the local heritage. And it was to the what was brewed, you know, brewed grown here. But that's good, isn't it? It's good to I respect that that you kind of still stick to traditional values. It's this traditional and standards is kind of I'm getting the sense of what you're about. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. What do you think about? Because this is another thing that I think might have boosted it a a bit more. That there's more access to people doing home brewing. Mm -hmm. So, what one thing I was going to try and do was I was going to try and get some people just that I know through Facebook and I was going to say send me your um, beers and I was going to get you to taste a few yeah. but I sort of I thought I'd knock that on the head because I thought with everything going on that might be a bit risky yeah so. well, well it wouldn't have been it'd probably be more the bottle that would have given us an issue rather than yeah. the beer because you know beers, beers brewed and boiled to 100 degrees it's part of the process so they're, they're nothing it's it's dead. Everything's dead in it, yeah. you know. <laughs> hundred degrees. <laughs> Believe death. me, I've splashed hundred degree beer on me. It's not the best of things to do, you know. It's one of the most dangerous parts of the beer, the brewing industry. Ninety percent, probably, of all accidents in brewery are through scalding, oh. because it gets hundred degree rolling boil. That, that leave a mark, did it? Yeah, a little bit. Oh, okay. Uh, a few swear words, okay. shall we say? <laughs> a, few, a few young customers, shall we say, that are outside learn some new words oh, well, that lovely. day. Unfortunately, in combination, yes. Yeah. But it's yeah. Okay, but yeah, with home brewing. So I mean, I mean, do you? I mean, you've got your own brewery here, so you don't need to do it at home. But it's kind of like there is a growth. Yeah, there's massive that. growth. I had a guy phone me up the other day. Uh, literally wanted just some advice, and I've always said this when we were doing brewery tours. Obviously, we got a lot of home brewers coming through. A lot of guys that drink ale do home brew. I've always said I'll bring bring, bring your beer down. I'll critique it for you give you some advice you know home brewing at 36 pints to a level where we are and, and we're small don't get me wrong we are a small brewery you know we're own, we're 800 litres when I brew a batch yeah. which is what, just over 12 1200 pints so you know compared to a home brewer it's big mm. but it's, it's not it's not a massive brewery by any means but there's a big difference and I say this to guys, you know, because we get the guys on the tour and they're like, this is what we want to do, you know, and again, not trying to put anybody off. If you want to go for it, go for it. You know, I did. You know, it's a big learning curve, but going from your 35 pints at home that your mates like to producing something that you can commercially sell and consistently sell, and mm. this is the biggest thing in the industry, you have to have that consistency, in my opinion. You know, this again goes back to craft beer, new beers being knocked out, one-off brews all the time. It's not so much a worry about consistency is not there, they're not worried, because you know, next week's beer is gonna be a different beer from what we're brewing this week. That's fine, but what happens when this demand for the new is gone? And they want that consistency yeah. again. Are these brewers going to be able to do that? Which is where we, we where I stuck to the guns and went, no, this is what we're going to do. This is our core. We will do some limited edition stuff, and we do on occasion. We do a vanilla bourbon stout. Was one of them. I did a cherry sour, but it were one-off beers. And then you know, this is what you come here. This is what you expect all the time. Yeah. So yeah, it's. It's it's an, I mean it's inter- I, it is interesting to me because I've got so many 
friends that are there that are cooking or cooking or brewing let's say cooking cooking yeah that's, <laughs> that's, 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 that's my other friends yeah yeah yeah, yeah they're just so they're next week's yeah. podcast <laughs> <laughs> but yeah they're sort of brewing at home and you know I, I've got a friend he's he sort of he's, he necked most of his own supply anyway he thought you know I've, I've put all the work in I'm going to give it a go I've got other friends who are like know things almost scientifically in and out I mean there's a science to it anyway isn't there yeah it is you're yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, you know, to break it down to its simplest, simplest, simplest. You know, some people say bakers. You know, bakers make good bakers make good brewers. Good brewers make good bakers because it's pretty much down to the same thing. It's weight, ingredients, temperature, time. Mm. You know. I was going to ask you now. How was your bread? Can you make? Can yeah, you not bread? bad. <laughs> Cakes are better, but yeah. oh, right, okay. But it is. You know, it's essentially that's what it is. It's timing, temperature, ingredients. Weights and measures, you know, you 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 have to work out if you want to do something really strong, then you know you got to put more malt, you got to put more fermentables in, which is obviously the malts, the grains in into the mash to get that stronger alcohol. If you want something weaker, you know you detract from that, or you can produce it with with higher amounts of malt, but then you water it down okay. to obviously increase your volume. On your boil before you start adding bits and pieces and flavors to that. It's that a aspect of it. It's a shame that you that, you know that it takes so long because you, you know we think about Bake Off. We could have the Great British Brew Off. <laughs> yeah, give that yeah. a go. Yeah, you'd be a judge on it. You could be Paul Hollywood. Yeah, I doubt that. <laughs> <laughs> the Rob Sanderson handshake. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, no, it's but then all good things come to those that wait. Yeah, they say, true. The old adages, yeah. you know. As I said, it bears drinkable after a week or once it ferments out. You know, it might not quite be completely fermented out after a week. Most of the time it should be, and then you're looking at your conditioning on it. Then, you know, there are breweries that turn beers around in two, three weeks. We don't do that here, you know. Yeah, Even four week yeah because of, like you say, standards of yeah. practice. I mean, if you if you had, for anyone doing a homebrew, if anyone listening who does homebrew, what would be your... Like Rob's top tip, what would what would be one good bit of advice that you could give them at their sort of level if they're doing it? You got to be clean. Yeah. You got to be clean for it to work. It's got to be clean. Not so much on your brewing side of it. Not on the boil, on the copper as we went into. You know, you're boiling 100 degrees. You'll clean anything. You could sneeze into it. I wouldn't recommend it, but you could. You know, there ain't nothing getting through there. You know, this is what happened back in the day when you had all the issues of dysentery. In London, right? Okay. You know, it was down to I can never. It's one of those I really should look up the man's name. It's a disservice to him. The guy that put the two and two together was watching people, watching people at the at the communal pumps, water pumps, taking the water, getting ill, dying. Yeah. Then watching brewers and brewery assistants drinking water, no issues whatsoever, and then put the you know obviously went and investigated oh, and okay. the brewers and then discovered what was happening was before they were even brewing they were pre-boiling their water so they were pre-prepping their water for brew day so they were boiling it at 100 degrees of course then boiling it to 100 degrees as we all know kills any bacteria yeah. in the water which is why we no longer have an issue with dysentery and now you just feel bad you don't know his name no it's yeah. terrible I really should look it up but it, and it was down the breweries and that's not me just saying that because it's a brewer that is the exact thing you did because before then obviously you had small beer which was normally for people that want to know what small beer was small beer was a very low alcohol beer not 
like that we have now that are you know alcohol free beers it was never alcohol free by any means but it was the six or seventh wash of the grain right okay yeah so you know on the bigger commercial breweries you'd wash through the grain two or three times you'd start at the top of your IPAs and you'd work down through to a weaker beer and obviously the six or seventh wash through or down to your small beer which is maybe one 1.2 1 1.3% oh, okay and that's what was giving the kids that's what we used to drink at the dinner table because it was safe because even though it's been washed through the grain it's still been boiled 100 degrees right okay how I mean with all this obviously you've got a knowledge the history of uh -huh. the industry as well is that just something out of interest you've yeah. done yeah, yeah. I've, I've, I've always had big interest in history and bits and pieces like that a long time ago archaeology is what I actually wanted to do oh, okay. a long time ago you know, <laughs> so you've, until yeah. I realised how much work was actually involved in that or yeah. how boring it could be a friend of mine is an archaeologist but tries, tries for Asda's Right, so, okay. so there you go. So that tells you how much I like your degree does. At least you find that you know? thing buried at the bottom of your bag or something. But this is it, you know, I think I might have had rose-tinted glasses and thinking I'd be like Harrison Ford, you know, with a little ball whip and all the rest I've of it. I've got a friend who I'm said exactly the same thing. <laughs> that's not archaeology in any way or yeah. shape or form. So there's always been, you know, history. You know, I've always loved it. Local history, why wouldn't you? You know, why don't you not want to learn about where you live? You know, I'm in an industry now, as we know, they've now discovered beer recipes back from the days in Samaria wow okay. so they were saying Egypt and they're now going even further back than that you know so the, the cradle of civilization in Iraq there are now they've now discovered beer recipes or the remnants of breweries in Iraq so you know it's just, this is it's nothing new you know, See, that, could been, that could have been you discovering that. It you, could have been. It could have been, but I wouldn't be brewing it or drinking it. This is a well, I'd probably be drinking it because I drink a lot, but yeah. No. So, again, why would you not want to learn about that? No. Well, exactly. Anything you know? that you're in, I mean, anything that I'm interested in, yeah, exactly the same. You do. I mean, that's why you're interested in it, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm, just, I'm one of the lucky ones. Again, you know, as we say, I work for myself, which is great, but I'm also lucky enough that I work for myself in something that I enjoy. Yeah. And I have a passion for, you know. And it's rare to have to yeah. Be, it's rare to yeah. get that. Yeah. I mean, it, it, obviously, it comes with the 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 pain and the stress, you know, yeah. being your own boss. But again, it's all on you at the end of the day, and your decisions are your decisions. And obviously, you've made some good ones, you know, especially like opening this place mm -hmm. up. But kind of moving on to what I want to talk about next is how this pandemic's affected you. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's one of those kids, it's hitting us harder now than it did. You know, March was, March wasn't great, obviously, when we were shut down. I had literally just given up my full-time employment. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. just then? Yeah, okay. yeah, this is, again, this is, we would say, you know, the business was making money, but wasn't making the money that we were hoping it was going to be making and being sensible rather than coming in and maxing out. 12 credit cards and owing everybody money I, I worked full-time job as well as a business so okay. I, I used to um, ship stop ship stores for Mac fruit and veg supplies I used to be their supervisor for putting everything on the cruise ships right so okay. come come March I'd quit because it, it got to the point this is March last year mm -hmm. right okay. two weeks before the pandemic yeah time weeks, great yeah. yeah two weeks before national lockdown Oh, okay. Because the business had got to the point where I had to make the decision. The decision I had to make was, do I take the gamble and do I step away from a secure job? And it was a secure job, you know, well, to an extent. Obviously, mm. things may have changed now. 
and then take the gamble and come into the business and try to expand the business further than it is or do I leave the business ticking along as it is and then just carry on working my full time job and then look at selling this on when I'm looking look to retire okay sort of thing but obviously I, this is the passion so the decision was made that I would step out for the full time job in the here good job that I did to be honest even with the shutdown because of what we were allowed to do I couldn't demand was so high because obviously as you know we were all at home first lockdown we were yeah. and everyone was doing the same thing we were eating drinking everyone got on it essentially didn't yeah, they pretty yeah. much <laughs> so demand went through the roof it did wow okay. on that first lockdown you know we were never worried obviously there was support from the government a lot of people say there's not enough support from the government for the hospitality industry to I can agree with that to an extent again I'm lucky my overheads aren't what some people's overheads are so what we have had as handouts from the government have kept us going they have that's me you know we're unique in that situation and that's what I was going to ask that as well is like what sort of support have you got I mean I guess they've yeah, given you grants. you know there are some grants there was an, an original £10,000 grant from the government for business rate relief uh, they've just released another 4000 now which we uh, still got to apply for once again we've applied for it we're just waiting for confirmation there was a £1,000 in December for wet lead pubs which obviously we would fall under with the with the tap room, but we didn't actually take that grant or apply for that one because December wasn't too bad. Right. So okay. I was, although I was entitled to it, I wasn't going to take something that I didn't need, if that makes sense. Okay. So. Did um, you not think it would benefit you longer term? Yeah, but it's a thousand pounds. Oh, okay. Right. You know, okay. it's. If, <laughs> I know a thousand pounds a thousand pounds, but you know, in the grand scheme of things, a friend of mine that runs a pub, running costs two grand a week. Of course it is, yeah. So, so a £1,000 was, was nothing. Not going to you know, make a mark. As I say, yeah. lucky, because mine are nowhere near that. Being not that we're, we're not a pub, per se, we're not a traditional set of pubs, so we're, we're lucky in that, that respect. Uh, yeah, this lockdown, January's not great, but January's not great anyway. Industry, you know, it's not good. No, it's not, it's, everyone, no one's got really a lot of money no, to go out with anyway. No, so, everyone's yeah. giving up drink because it's New Year. Give it time. Give the health kick, you know. So January's never great. You're still drinking what you got left from that from Christmas most of the time, unless you like me and you haven't got any anyway. But then I've got it on tap, so it's not really that much of a problem to get hold of alcohol. <laughs> but um, you know, February's not much better because come February, you get your credit card bill from December, and you go, well, I didn't realise I spent that much money. You know, so you know, December you, is when you make your money for those two months. Yeah, you know. I'm not going to, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't there. It wasn't there at all, no. no. It wasn't, you know, we broke even for, for December, which is great, but as I just said, you know, we should have been making January and February's rent and my, my salary in December, which is the busiest month of the year mm. for the for, for the pub trade. And you're still paying rent? Yeah. You have to pay, and yeah. there's no... Yeah, there's no I haven't, I haven't, and, and, and again, this is, whether this is the way that I, I work, I don't know. Could have asked landlord for a rent break, but I've had the money coming in. Yeah, it's not been as good as it could be. Obviously, we're all in business to make money, but we're ticking along. So we made a decision that we'd pay the landlord when we when the rent was due. We'd pay our VAT bills when they were due. We could have taken tax break holidays. We didn't take them. We, we paid when we were due because the last thing I wanted to do, excuse me, was come through it and then be lumbered with You've got an two years VAT, yeah. two years worth of beer duty, three months rent five months rent yeah 
so we're like if we can pay it we will which is what we've done you know we've had a lot of support from the community locally you know we got a lot of regular drinkers regular customers and they they basically kept us afloat throughout so you know, we just need to see what happens because they see the value in this place I yes guess. yeah and that's, yeah. that's that's good that's good that you've got that kind of community spirit going on yeah to sort of oh without a doubt you know there's a lot of that at the moment and you see that even now you know there's there's a new deli that's opened up in the village mermaids and you know a support the support locally for local business at the moment is unbelievable yeah you know, to an extent, you know it's not just us everywhere everyone I talk to is in business is in the same situation they've got you know few more customers than they thought they were going to get especially through the first lockdown you know it's obviously places like the restaurant you know you hear it on the news you know 10,000 pubs and restaurants have shut permanently last year now 650,000 right. people out of work all hospitality trade and they're completely shut as yeah, in. yeah they're gone yeah couldn't, couldn't last it but again you know what the argument on the other hand is if that's the case then there was obviously an underlying issue there before pandemics finished them I'm not saying it hasn't you know because it has and this is what people don't, are not seeing you know they're, they're not seeing this it's one of those where it's almost as if it's, as if it's the forgotten part of business and the economy is this is hospitality yes we all want to go back to the pub we do we all want to go back and eat in a restaurant but it's not getting the same support as certain other sectors it's not you know and we're almost being demonized or it seems to be that way that you know this is where the super spreaders if you come into a bar this is where you're going to catch covid because you know you're you're you'll get your own a couple of drinks and your sense of danger is disappearing and you're, yeah you know, and i mean it's a lot of this but there's nothing to prove it and that's that's what's frustrating as a brewer as a landlord because you know the bar is, is essentially tap room is essentially treated as a bar you know so not only being a brewer and a landlord there is the packages in place for bars not so much for breweries we were lucky because I've got the both because I've got both of them and the business is a combination of both the brewery and the bar so we're almost a brew pub which is what goes back to yeah. what you were saying that's why more people are yeah exactly we were, you know, we, were, we, were, we were treated as as a, as a hospitality venue not a food production industry which obviously is what the brewery side of it is and the support for the brewery part isn't is what it was even though at now, ninety-five percent of our customers are shut. Yeah, but it's kind of you would eventually you're still going to eventually need breweries, aren't you? Yeah. So it's kind of like but it then, makes sense to yeah. But then that's that's right. But you know, cottage breweries because this is what this is. Microbrewery is a little cottage brewery. What's it matter if we go True. to the wall? You know, Marston's is still going to be there. And that's not me beating on Marston's. You know, Muller's Chorus is still going to be there. <laughs> You know, Ringwood. Ringwood will still be there. Yeah. These are big breweries. They can absorb this. You know, Timothy Taylor's. These are all guys. You know, these guys aren't even producing cask at the moment. You know, they're not. They're not. Any nothing. Tim, Tim Taylor's is not putting anything in the cask. It's all going in the bottles. All going in the bottles. All going in the mini kegs. And where's it all being sold? Supermarkets. Supermarkets. Of course it is. So they're laughing. Yeah. And this is why there's a lot of bitterness. Not me personally. I'm not. I'm not bitter about it. You know, I've got. We're safe. You know, don't. Uh, there's no no qualms about that. I'm not going anywhere for the foreseeable. You know, we're we're financially sound. We're fin we're secure. We are secure. But I can see where there's a lot of negativity coming from other breweries and and pubs. You know, when you look at it and they're like, well, 
we're not allowed to operate but supermarket is the bigger breweries are laughing because now they're starting to corner the markets because people are going from local to supermarket because you can't come and buy it from local no. you can only buy what's available in the supermarket of course they're laughing and it's interesting with the super you look at how supermarkets operate i mean we've all been in supermarkets recently and it's yeah. like you see people yeah. mooching around in there and you kind of think well how is this any safer yeah. than if you yeah. were designated you know this is what we're saying about um you know whether the hospitality industry is causing it because when you would come to a, a, any sort of hospitality venue you would be told to sit in a certain place if uh -huh. you were with your group yep. you would be monitored you, you know you and that's was happening you had a designated yeah. person yeah. And there were when i when we were allowed to reopen once the first lockdown was lifted and we were allowed to actually open and trade i had to read 45 pages of legislation and what we could and couldn't do okay just specifically for hospitality how many times did you read those 45 pages uh, to make quite sure a few times because it changed uh, right. it changed daily as oh, well i do remember this, this as well yeah you know so what was what we were legally required to do one day wasn't the same thing the next and this went right through you know qr scan and trace not an issue had to legally put it up you had to legally scan in here if you didn't scan in then i couldn't serve you really yeah yeah, okay. yeah yeah it was a legal requirement but that legal requirement wasn't given the supermarkets you know True. you didn't have to scan into any shop and that again it's not me beating on supermarkets in any way it's just showing you the differences on, 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 how. on how it was handled you know, and people saying, "Oh, it's you know, it's, it's all the people in pubs. It's spread it, and it's that may be. There may be rogue. I'm not saying there weren't rogue pubs out there because there were. There were. You know, yeah. we we're responsible here. You know, you turn up here, you would scan in, you would sit down. You wouldn't leave your table unless you were going to the bathroom. That'd be the only time you'd leave the table. We were all outside in the summer, so we were all two meters apart." It was table service, so the only contact you had was with me or my staff. We were all masked up. There was hand sanitizer everywhere. We were cleaning the toilet down every 15 to 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. uh, you couldn't come anywhere near the bar. One glass, one pint, one glass. It was taken away, washed, fresh glass. You know, everything we could do to make it as safe an environment as we could possibly make it, we did. You know, and that reflected when the police come and visited, because they did. Oh, they did? You know, yes, okay. they did. Well, you know, we're alcohol at the end of the day this is what we do for a living we have to be licensed to serve it you know we have to prove that we're competent in what we're doing obviously you know alcohol can be a dangerous thing yeah because I know there were some other bars locally that were putting on entertainment uh -huh. and yeah, not shouldn't be doing it shouldn't yeah. be doing it but as I say this is where it was so up in the air it was as clear as mud you know one day to the next you know you could have like you could have recorded music on but at one point you couldn't then have it on because you couldn't have it too loud because you couldn't get people Shouting couldn't force people to shout over yeah. music uh you couldn't have people mixing you know clearly you could see it we had people coming in and they're clearly not the same household you know this but it's like right it's outside so how do i interpret this how do i please it? i'm not a policeman you know i can refuse to serve you which sometimes we did do we did refuse to serve some people because you know we were not because we thought they had COVID, it's just that we didn't think that yeah, well, they were going to abide by the rules. Well, the thing yeah. is, with a lot of um, what I found, I, I mean, I went to, um, well, I did a gig between, you know, yeah. it was about September time, and I, it was uh, a place in Southampton, they had, everything was tables, table service, no one mm -hmm. went to the bar, everyone, you know, if you got up to the toilet, you had to put a mask on, 
all that sort of thing. But they were very, very conscious of that, and the owners were on everyone if you were breaking the rules because there was talk of like environmental health would just turn up yeah. and just just be a customer mm-hmm. um, and just protect you know just yeah, go yeah. along do their thing and then they would just observe everything and then if you obviously anything was seen to be out of line then yeah. you shut your doors yeah so and this is it you know it was here the policy here was no mask no beer simple as you know obviously you can wear your mask when you were drinking it but you know we had masks here if you've got your mask not a problem we've got a mask we give you a mask we had surgical masks we bought them you know we were as as conscious as we could be, as safety conscious as we could Did be. Did you yeah. brand them with Botley Brewery on them? No. That's what should have done. No, I know it should have done, but you know, <laughs> why make someone else rich? <laughs> but no, we you know, we did everything we could do. And we did. And it reflected. You know, people come here and people came here because they felt safe to do so, to have a drink. Mm. Uh, you know, and at the moment the way things are and it's more the media than anything else, as we 100%. all know. We know how they like the, to, to, you know, bang the drum and light the fuse, run away and see what happens. You know, we, we're getting a kick in the nuts as, as a whole, as, as an industry, we really are. And, you know, we were probably safer here than you probably were in some doctor's receptions yeah. and dentists. You know, it was so regimental. And it's not just here. This is the industry as a whole. You know, restaurants were the same. We did everything. Everything we were asked, we did. Yeah. I mean, as I talked to other sort of pub managers and stuff, they said, what, I, there's nothing more I can do. There's, no, that's, that's right. There wasn't. We couldn't do nothing else. There was nothing else we could do. You know, it, at the moment we shut, I took the I took the decision to shut in January and not open because, not because I didn't think I'd get a lot of sales or I couldn't because obviously we have an on and off side license so I can actually operate as an off license which is another handy reason for having the bar yeah. because this now becomes a brewery shop right. we just decided with the new variant the way it is the infection rate the way it is we just thought we'd cut that out you know financially it's not a great month but we thought we'll give it a month see what happens we are looking at reopening next month two days a week just an off license but you won't get in the bar you'll be yeah. served at the door that's it this is why you're going to get Places are still doing that. I don't see, I can't see why pubs can't carry on doing that. You know, they're saying that they're worried that people are going to conjugate on corners and drink. They're doing that anyway. Yeah. You know, and they're buying a Costa. They're buying a Starbucks. They're doing that anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, people are doing that anyway. So, again, you, you know, it seems to be, if you were to believe conspiracy theorists, are they looking at a prohibition? You know, you've got all this no non alcoholic beers and that coming out they've taken a big cut of the market last year non-alcoholic gins this year seem to be the big thing being now you know I don't believe that it just seems to be they need they need they need to point it at somewhere and it just seems to be that this is the industry they've decided is the one that it needs to be pointed at as a spreader or the super spreaders should we say do you think going forward that obviously the way you are operating in the in the gap between lockdowns mm-hmm. Is that going to be the new norm, or do you think it will ever go back to how we traditionally know it being? It's. I think once once we need to get over this. Obviously, everyone needs to be safe. That's the, ultimately, that's number one priority. Is you know the kids are safe, kids are back in school. Mm. You know, obviously, we need to educate the next generation. You know, um, yeah, we should. It'll go back to normal. Should do. You know, yeah. I don't think we're never not going to live with COVID. You know, or something it, yeah, similar. Yeah, the yeah. scientists telling us this, it's not something that's going to go away. It's not. 
you know, so we've got to learn to live with it, unfortunately. You know? And do you think long term as well, you know, as it, not just yourself being, you know, business owner, but any business, they're going to have to almost anticipate these things happening again in the future. And so you've, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who knows? Yeah, you know, it's yeah. probably the, 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 the honest answer. I'm looking for that. all the answers yeah. from you. Yeah, I, I, Rob, I, come I, on. I, I know, you know, I, am, I do occasionally. I am the barman occasionally. And we do know that we're the font of all knowledge, <laughs> and you know, and we we we're your priest as well, and your confession, and your doctor. Unfortunately, some people do try to show you bits and pieces you really don't want to see. Uh, you're a psychologist as well, you know, but who knows? You know, I don't think the government don't even know. And it's not just our government, no. you know, I'm not going to bash the government. It doesn't matter who's in power. It could be the raging monster lunar party in power. It's unprecedented times. Absolutely. You know, Great. nobody knows. Nobody knows. It's just, it's, you know, all we can do is do what we can do to stay safe, look after ourselves and each other. You know, that is one thing. If anything, there's one thing that I've probably brought out of it is community spirit seems to have come back. I think, I think community spirit has come back quite a lot, especially with the Clapham for the NHS that we had through the summer. You know, I would be finishing here because obviously we were allowed to open as a takeaway. I'd be closing down here at half seven, eight o'clock, going home, driving up through Hedge End. Everyone's out on the street banging their pots and pans. I'd get home at Chandler's Ford, the same. You know, the, the, it, it's, it's there. I think a, a sense of community has come back, a sense of checking in on your elderly neighbour has come back. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, we did that. I did that anyway. As well as brought up, people have been more friendly. I think yes. when you've been out and about as well. Yeah, you yeah, notice. yeah, yeah. More people saying good morning to you. You yeah. know, at the moment you might get a couple of strange looks because like what you're doing out, and it's like, but you're out. You know, there's <laughs> two sides to the coin, isn't there? You know, I see it on one of the community Facebook pages the other day. They're like, "Well, there's three cars coming through the village," and it was eight o'clock at night, and it's like, "Yeah, one of them was me because I just finished work. I can't work from yeah. home." You know, I, I, I run a business, I run a you brewery. Could try. I could try, but you know, unfortunately, I need to come down and check things. Yeah. Unfortunately, it can't all be done from home. Yeah, yeah, because you had, I mean, that, the reason I first found out about this place, funny enough, just to change the subject a little bit, is when you had someone dipping their fingers in your till and you put out a, yeah. a thing saying, Yeah, 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 so oh, I'm chancing around. Yeah. yeah, 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 literally. It's getting ready to open for the day in the summer, so we were allowed to actually, actually open, open, and Git was in his hand in my till. Did you actually catch him at it? Uh, yeah. Yeah. He, I walked in there and he was round the back of the bar. Didn't get away with anything, but yeah. yeah. How did he yeah. get out? Because you were well, exactly a small one. It's one of those weird right? ones. You know, he was sort of there and he come back round and he, and he asked me a question which threw me out. Okay. To be honest. I gave him an answer and he went past me and went out the door and I'm like, do you know what? Something's not sitting right with me. And obviously, I looked around the bar, corner of the bar, and noticed that the till had been moved. And it's like, oh, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, it was a report to the police as it should have been. They shut the case because obviously didn't get nothing for me. But I was one of six that day, I believe. Oh, really? Was, yeah, yeah. He was on a proper little, on a rampage, little, little criminal rampage. Yeah. Crime spree. I mean, he nicked the bike, nicked uh, prescription medication from the pharmacy in Locks Heathway, I believe. Stole the push bike from out the front. So he'd been around on the yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Come down through here, did me. Tried to do the horse equestrian shop up the road. Ended up in another three or four shops in Bishop's Waltham, I think, before he decided to call it a day. All right. So did, did they ever catch him? Do you know? Or uh, or? I think it was known to him, to be honest. Oh, okay. Yeah, we, we, we obviously handed in the CCTV footage that we had of him, and they were like, oh, yeah. 
it's like okay then you're not going to tell me who it is but you know who it is and you're like yeah, you're right, yeah. And, that, and that goes back to kind of the community spirit side that you're yeah. talking about because that yeah. got shared a hell of oh, a lot mentally mentally you know it was <laughs> it was probably the most shared post I think I've ever put out something like 22 20 26,000 people had seen it 122 shares but it's great you know again like you say you know small business local business everybody was annoyed yeah. and angry yeah. about the yeah. fact yeah. that someone yeah. tried to do that to a small any business you know and yeah. it's like as we were at the point still well we still are now obviously in the pandemic but it was yeah massive pouring about yeah. rage over it that's what you should do for your social media campaigns just fake a crime every now and again yeah, but then everyone's <laughs> going to think I'm an idiot or a soft touch <laughs> one of the two <laughs> Yeah, people and be then, around there all yeah, the time. The same, then they might actually get away with something. <laughs> you come back with no brewery. Oh. So, uh, okay, let's sort of wrap it up a little bit now. But um, what? We, so you, we talked about you creating income through, um, you've done it through takeouts and then you're going to be kind of like an off license. So when is it people can come here from? And For the, for the, for the takeaways, we're starting in February. Yes, yeah, so we're going to reopen. We're going to open uh, Fridays and Saturdays. Okay. So limited hours because I think it's too cold for me to sit here all bloody day. Yeah. I'll be honest, and it, it's I've done it. We did it through the last lockdown in November. I come down here for twelve to eight on a Friday, see people between the last two three hours. So we're going to do three to eight. Okay. On, on a Friday, and we're going to do twelve to five, twelve to six, on a on a Saturday, and that's it. Okay. You know, just those two days for the weekend. And you're able to do that, is that? Yes, yeah, yeah. yes. So yeah, legally you're able to do that because it's the off-license. Click and collect, to be honest. So okay. just give us a message through Facebook, Spotty Brewing Hidden Tap, um, on, yeah, through the email, through the website, bits and pieces that way. So, I mean, I've even, you know, it's, again, grey areas all the time. Someone said to me, you can even probably sit around the front in your car and text me and then come around and get it. Mm. It's, it's, you know, it's... So, yeah, we'll see how it goes. We'll play it by ear. You know, that's if we're allowed. You know, at the moment, as it stands, we can open as an off license. You know, we're not a pub. No. Pubs can't do it. They can do a delivery service, but I believe they can't do alcohol. I'm not sure. I haven't really looked at it because I say we're not a pub. This is where I'm lucky I can fall back on the brewery side of things. Why would, why would you show. go for it? Why would you go to a pub? Because their prices. Is so much different to something that you could get. Yeah. I mean, your prices like you you don't charge a, you just charge what there's no transfer transport fee or anything like that, is there? So you no. just no. But then be, we don't do a delivery, so we, true. We, we don't do a, we don't do a home delivery, so you know we don't need to. You know we're in the middle of a village. Yeah. So you know if we were further out, we'd have to. You know minimum min and a lot of them to be honest, I'm giving you a delivery charge. They're doing a minimum spend. You know, and the minimum spend is 25 quid. And, you know, to be honest, you know, craft breweries, microbreweries like this, 25 quid is quite easy to spend. Yeah. You know, it's not a big commercial chain. It's not three bottles for six quid, three bottles for a fiver, because it's, it's not mass-produced beer. Mm. And what sort of things have you got on offer, just to sort of let people know? Yeah, the core range is all here, all in bottles. So the five beers that we now brew, brew here all the time are here. Yeah, so there's bottles of those. We've got mini kegs. I'm doing some more mini kegs this week. There will be draft, but it'll be a limited amount of draft. I'm only gonna have one barrel of draft on. I'll have two barrels up, but only one tapped. You know, obviously I'm only open for two days. I don't really want to be pouring beer away. No. So if you're not happy with what the draft offering is, then everything's here in bottle. So you can get the bottles. So everything is here, basically. Yeah, the whole range we do will be available, just won't all be draft. 
Nice. Yeah, last thing I want to do is pour a few hundred pints of beer down the drain. And what's the what's the future hold, or is we still saying it's unknown? Is it, what would if everything went back to normal? No ideal world. We all got vaccinated by May, yeah, which is when it looks like we're allowed to open, which is going to be the May Day bank holiday, depending on obviously restrictions. Because I in in no doubt that we will be heavily monitored and heavily restricted on Absolutely. what we can still do, even when we're allowed to reopen. Uh, there's always plans for more live music. Uh, certain person I know is looking at doing some comedy down here. Yeah, I know someone. Someone who was interested in doing something like that. Yeah, uh, yeah. We're looking at doing some food. We're looking at expanding that. We did potluck through the winter. Something we always did anyway. Could be a chili. Could be a stew. Pretty much, you know, proper old traditional pub grubs. Did yeah. ribs through the winter. Uh, paninis. We're looking at maybe some pork pies. There's rumours there might be a butcher moving in the site here at the mill. Oh, really? If that's okay. the case, then we might be looking at them and might get together with them and do some bits and pieces, pies, maybe. Barbecue. Possibly. <laughs> weekly. Possibly. Weekly. <laughs> but no, we're going to expand, hopefully expand the food menu a bit more. You know, yeah. Not huge, don't get me wrong, you're not going to sit here and get a three-course meal. If you want a three-course meal, you use the old mill restaurant in the front the mill site okay. which is a very good fine dining restaurant good plug well done there you go that's it, that's it. <laughs> free meal for you no it's not just that I'll go and talk to the chef now and you can help me sort my menu out okay <laughs> <laughs> right and Rob thank you very much for your time it's not a problem and uh, yeah uh, we'll speak soon hopefully hopefully <laughs> hopefully Thank you, folks, for tuning in to today's Big House podcast. Uh, if you want to check out any of the other previous episodes, you'll be able to find them on YouTube and all major podcasting providers. And if you want to just keep up to date with what we do, you can go to Instagram or Twitter and follow us at, at Big House GDJ for all the latest information.